0: everyone and welcome back to episode 5 of the Computomics Podcast. Last week we discussed the field of cannabis and hemogenetics and I loved the opportunity to, of diving deeper into all the intricacies of agricultural landscape from the supply chain to the legal framework to trade optimization and today freelance writer and researcher Sarah Mock will expand our view even more as we discuss the depth and the breadth of agriculture and what our words really mean when we talk about farming. And we'll be talking about the words we use when we discuss agriculture and ag tech and the kinds of things that we apply our algorithms to. I think it'll be a really interesting discussion for everyone. And Sarah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first i just wanted uh, to cover to see if you can give us an introduction of course to who you are and the sorts of issues you've represented through your time writing and researching and the things you really seem to care about in this space. Sure. Uh
1: so i am a freelancer. I have covered uh ag ag issues in Washington uh, for the last three years, for a national TV network called RFD TV, which covers agriculture and rural news. Before that, I actually spent a couple years in Silicon Valley, uh, working in for some ag tech companies out there. So I've run the gamut on in kind of the agricultural field, which has made for a very exciting career, uh, kind of on the cutting edge of the industry. But uh, as far as my reporting, I've done. I've obviously focused a lot. I, I live in Washington D.C., so I am a bit of a policy wonk and have done a lot of reporting on the farm bill, the 2018 farm bill in particular, you know, um, the secretary of agriculture has created two uh, trade aid packages over the last two years that have given about $30 billion to farmers um, because of the trade war with China uh, have done a lot of reporting on that. Um, I cover things like the ethanol industry, which is, you know, uses 40% of America's corn crop. Uh, It has been pretty devastated in over the last three years because of some changes to EPA regulations. Um, You know, the big news right now because of the coronavirus is around meat packing plants and, and kind of worker treatment um, and health and safety in the food supply chain. So um, my coverage pretty runs the gamut pretty broadly through kind of food and ag and rural issues, which are all pretty closely tied together and then, kind of tangentially hits on you know everything from trade and finance and the economy to the environment to um you know workers rights and social justice so it's it's a it's ag is a huge world it's a big space and um you know it's a lot more than just pork belly futures and and what's happening on the farm so
0: yeah that's and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on just to sort of um expand our perspective on what we're really saying when we say agriculture because it seems like you've had an amazing experience you've covered a lot of different perspectives and like you said even ideas like workers rights and justice are really highlighted or considered part of this sort of narrative that we talk about and I think a lot of times maybe we miss out on what is really that food value chain you know like the kinds of issues that are involved into it and how complicated everything gets. And we envision when we talk about uh, the farm bill or even the word farm, you know, we go to this idyllic view of family farms. And um, on the one hand, that's great, but I imagine that, you know, sometimes it's been misappropriated or used against its own benefit. Can you give us maybe examples of both, um, you know, where you always try to encourage people to think more in this sort of positive view in ways that you've seen that it's kind of been used incorrectly.
1: Yeah. So I think the concept of, of the family farm, I mean, I think people just have such a, such a strong visual of what that is. So, you know, if I say, yes. yeah. Right. So if, if I say family farm, you go straight to, you know, uh, 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 maybe a grandfather type figure, uh, his son, you know, his, their partners, children, um, green fields, red tractor, long driveway, you know, rural life, where there's lots of civic engagement and patriotism. Yes. And just it, it, it's an incredibly strong, just like kind of visceral part of, you know, not only part of just our ideas of, of what words are, but of American patriotism and kind of so many different aspects. So I think the biggest thing about just the word agriculture and the idea of it is just that the idea of family farm farming is so strong. Um, it's really baked into the kind of ethos of the country and, and our national consciousness at some level, which has been a really, really powerful tool for agriculture as a whole for the industry. Um, you know, it, it's really the core of what makes them really a politically powerful group. You know, everyone on both sides of the aisle, no matter what stance you're taking, when it comes to an agricultural issue uses the, that visual of a family farmer as a way to, to defend against it, you know, as Michael Pollan's omnivores dilemma and, and writings like that became more popular in the early 2000s, there became more of a split between the idea of family farms and um, industrial farms, which Mm -hmm. isn't a totally sensical split mostly because like 98% of farms in America are family farms including many really large scale operations which i guess is what people mean when they say industrial farms so lots of you know farms that or farming operations that people would point to and say you know they're doing agriculture wrong they're if they're owned by a family they're a family farm and mm-hmm. so it i i think that's it's the the idea and how beloved the idea of family farming is to people on both sides of the aisle and of every political persuasion has protected the industry from really making any significant changes or very many significant changes. Um, you know, technologically, it's moved forward a lot, uh, mostly you know for economic reasons, frankly, and because there's a lot of wealth and land in America, uh, and farmers tend to own land. That's how you become a farmer. Um, but yeah, it, um, so I think that there's w- definitely, it's a powerful visual that, that can be used for good. I think there is a strong kind of, um, national security argument around farming and, and having a good story and, and being able to point to, um, you know, something that's really important, uh, the idea of farms as a pillar of rural communities, um, yeah. as a as a pathway to self-sufficiency as a as a way to build work ethic you know as a kid myself who grew up on a farm I did learn work ethic on the farm I did you know learn how to serve my community because of kind of these rural ethics um, I think the mistake there is assuming that farming is the only way to build those skills <laughs> but um <laughs>
0: But well, and also putting a lot of pressure on one industry, I'm reminded of, you know, one article you wrote about the pressure of sort of agriculture to save the world. Right. So I know that a lot of the projects we work on, both globally and sort of small scale, um, you know, deal with sort of helping. Let's say the way we phrase it is helping agriculture be more efficient. Right. So produce more with less waste, less toxins. Um, you know, maximize genetic potential, but it is sort of, again, a large pressure to apply on one industry. And I think maybe we don't even know where we're applying it when we say agriculture should save the world, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and it introduces an interesting kind of dilemma or double bind because the people and the operations who, there. I will preface this by saying there is certainly a movement among farmers and ranchers to um do more environment do more for in- the environment and to increase efficiency efficiency matters so much especially when you have razor thin margins which everyone in agriculture does um or everyone in farming does i the agribusiness world is a little bit different but um these there is a lot of energy and interest in farming better Especially among successful farmers. But guess what? The more successful you get, the more likely you are to be put into that industrial farmer category instead of the family Mm -hmm. farm. Because of our idea of a family farm, it actually really hobbles, in a lot of cases, some um, farmers' ability to be innovative and, and technologically driven because the bigger. They want
0: to be oh. Yeah, I see where you're going, right? Like, yeah,
1: because to be small, and, you know, artisanal, and you know, be great for photos for Instagram, you don't have the resources to make investment in technology to learn a new skill to hire someone to be in charge of, you know, running your technology of, of developing a genetics line, you don't have the resources to do that. And This kind of gets back to the really problematic underpinning of the family farm narrative, which is that a family and what today is in mostly just like just a man or potentially like a man and his son running multi-million dollar businesses. There is no other industry where that is not only encouraged but celebrated. And like defined as like the ultimate way of, of running a business. We think biz- like in every other industry, we don't think businesses should necessarily run in families. That's called nepotism. We mm-hmm. we think that businesses should have experts like, you know, have y- people, you know, you should have an accountant to do your finances. You should have a lawyer to to write your contracts. You should have an agronomist to um, manage your the agronomic side of your business you should have a, a mechanic like you you don't want yeah. one person working 90 hours a week wearing all these hats because they're inevitably right. not very efficient at it and so right
0: yeah that- it's like a huge skill set to have for one person right especially in areas where it's evolving so dramatically um, it, there's I mean it's impossible for a whole team of innovative, you know, thinkers to keep up. For but for one person to keep up with multiple fields um, of innovation, all again, like you said, on razor thin margins, it's a huge amount of pressure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's so that whole the whole idea of of kind of what a family farm is, in a lot of ways, you know, it's good. It's it's a good protection against just a public that in that largely isn't interested in in understanding the complexity of agriculture, but at the same time, it also becomes a weapon that's used against them because when you don't, when you, when your business, when your farm business stops looking like that charming Instagrammable tiny farm, Mm -hmm. people like start to hate you. They start to believe that you're an industrial farm, Mm -hmm. that you're part of the problem, that you're a polluter, that you don't care about, of efficiency or, you know, the environment, the environment or your population. exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and you reach this double bind where it's like, okay, you know, some of the smallest farms in the United States, it, because they're so small can be, you know, some of the worst polluters, some of the least mm-hmm. efficient, some of the most abusive to labor. That's just like a great example of how that the idea yeah. of a family farmer is really a double bind for people actually trying to make farming work as both a business and a career.
0: Yeah. And this immediately makes me think of two things that we won't have time to cover today, but I think are so important. And I hope we can get back to it at some point, which is, you know, the same thing for plant breeding, right? There's a certain concept when you say plant breeding that takes people to an image, whether that plant breeder is actually within that image, it doesn't even matter anymore, right? And also, the idea of where is that enthusiasm for our food system? You know, like, where is that desire to understand? Is it you know, do you think it's the complexity behind our food systems that sort of disengages people or, you know, what, just as a final thought, what do you think is a way to sort of bring that back into our national discourse?
1: You know, I think some part of it is just that there's too many thi- Maybe this is an underestimation of m- my fellow Americans and, and global citizens, but there are like, <laughs> It would be a life's work to understand every aspect of just the supply chain that creates an iPhone. Yeah. Just a supply chain that gets, you know, corn from, from genetics to the fuel tank as ethanol that that's like a PhD thesis. Mm -hmm. And so just like, there's, there's just too much to understand and the expectation that everyone's going to choose agriculture as the thing that they're going to understand is incorrect and a bad assumption but finding ways for people to access it i think you know i think one of the biggest ways to do it is just like having more personality in the way that we we talk about it and interact with it um and Uh and transparency is huge i think ag has in the past not been the most transparent space um so i think i think leaning into that more will be helpful but yeah i don't think it's that people are stupid or disengaged or like for whatever reason, aren't interested. I think it's that I, I literally do this for a living and I, every day that I'm not studying a specific topic in ag, I'm falling behind in my knowledge of it Mm -hmm. because it
0: changes so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's so amazing to have, you know, people like you in our network is because, um, you know whenever i feel myself there's times when i feel myself talking about something and i think like wow like um i bet sarah has something to say about that and then you know referring to experts and you know that's sort of what we try to provide too at computomics is you know if someone's thinking oh this is a com- complex challenge and they don't want to do a phd on themselves you know that they, they can come to us and i think it's important to have those sort of legitimate reference bases to talk too. And I think this idea of like, what is agriculture? It's just as important to consider as what are the genetics of corn, you know? So it's amazing to just put it all into one picture. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you're somewhere out there and you have different definition of agriculture or what agriculture means to you please reach out and share we love learning it's one of the things we love most about our journeys that we take with our breeders and growers we bring our knowledge on statistics and machine learning and they bring their journeys and their knowledge on and off the field and we put it all together for very successful partnerships so we're always looking to hear from other voices other experiences and please get in touch stay connected follow us on our blog go to computomics.com and we hope to speak with you soon thanks a lot